How y'all doing? Good, I hope. So this is January number two, January 2nd, 2024. Brand new year. I was supposed to be preaching yesterday, but after the class, shortly after the class, I just couldn't come out. I was just unable, still kind of battling that uh, just exhaustion inside of me. But that's getting better. It's just uh, not there yet. So I was supposed to be at 55th and Pearl, and one of my friends in our church said, it's okay, John, there's nobody out here. Because <laughs> it's way out of town, and it's really, it's really only busy during certain times of the day. But uh, that's where the Lord won, because that's kind of the eastern edge of a, a part of our city. And uh, so uh, he said, I didn't miss anything. <laughs> so, okay. But I worked hard yesterday. I put, uh, I think I put, uh, see, I started, I think I put in, uh, I'm starting something different this year at home, is I started an activity log to log all my hours of what I'm doing when I'm not in front of a camera or I'm doing something else. So these hours here are all logged, but all the hours I serve in the ministry are not logged until yesterday, January 1st, I started logging all my hours at home. And I think I put in uh, 10 and a half, I think it was 10 and a half hours. I may be wrong on that, but something like 10 hours. And I uh, worked really hard yesterday, got a lot done. And, uh, I'm building a church, I'm not just doing this. This is not all I do. Uh, I do a lot of other things because, like I said, we are building a uh, body, uh, a church here in Boulder. And uh, anyways, let's pray. So Lord, I thank you that we can be building a church. You've asked us to do different things. All kinds of people are doing all kinds of different work in your body. Uh, some of us do that and some of us do this. And you know, we all do different things. I'm out here on the street with this banner and uh, doing a camera with a video sermon type situation here and uh, did something this morning and I'll do something later on today. And you know, we, we're doing all, all kinds of different things, but we're doing something. We are busy uh, serving Almighty God. And we thank you, Lord, for what you're doing out here in the street at Failmont and Folsom. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So uh, as I was doing my scripture short just a moment ago, the United States Postal o Post Office, uh, the gentleman who represents the United States of America Postal Service, yelled at the top of his lung going down in his U.S. You know, his Postal Service truck, rolled his window down as he was going across the intersection First he started honking to get my attention, and then all the way across the intersection, he had his window rolled down, yelling at the top of his lung, Hail Satan. That's what a lot of people do. I don't have my banners not rolled up, I'm just standing here. <laughs> I think that's interesting. I thought it was interesting. I thought it was interesting. And uh, the gentleman here who's panhandling on the street. Uh, I don't give unless they talk to me, so he came over to me twice, we talked, and I donated to him, and gave him a few gospel tracts, so he's placing those tracts, and uh, it's pretty amazing. Uh, I see the poor on the street as a uh, good and bad. I see good and bad, I see both sides. There's a bad side and a good side. And uh, I have to stay out of the bad side because that's where I used to live always griping and complaining about poor people, about poverty, about people living on the street and making a mess of things. And now I, I try not to go there. Sometimes I do. But I try to stay in the area where, God, where Jesus died for them. And I still see that the people on the street 
are truly, as a whole, not every single one, as a whole, are generally not in their right mind. See, they're not in their right mind. If they were in their right mind, they would not be living the way they're living. So they're not functioning correctly in their mind. And that produces uh, an opportunity for them to uh, partake of drugs, and then they get hooked on drugs, and the addiction takes over, and more poverty comes, and more problems happen. So it's just a vicious cycle that they're in. But I see them as opportunity to, uh, to give. So, but my restrictions that I put on me, I don't, maybe the Lord did, I don't know. They have to talk to me. If they don't talk to me, I don't give. And, because uh, I don't know who they are. I need to converse with them. All I gotta do is say hello to me. I mean, that's all I need. Just, hello, how you doing? You know, something. And, uh, and so he's giving candy bars out to guys and people. <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> and uh, he gave me one too protein bar. <laughs> He's handed a couple of guys out now. That's really funny. Sticks of gum and stuff. <laughs> That's really cool. Anyways, uh, I'll go get this guy. All right, we'll take one. <laughs> so he got my sticky gum. Let me put it down. So you want to receive too because he's trying to sow because he's been doing this for the last 20, 30 minutes since I got here. And I've uh, been trying to give gum away. He's got a big pack of gum, and he's got about half of it given away now. And he's got a whole couple, looks like two or three boxes of protein bars, and he's giving those away to people who are, want them. I'm not charging anybody. And so he understands seed time and harvest. He's, and then, uh, anyway, so I've donated to him. We, we talked to him. He's talked to, I've talked to him three times now. I think that's interesting. So he's an opportunity for me to sow into him. So I have to be a good ground too. So he wants to sow into me. I first re didn't receive his first offer. And I thought, you know, I need to receive that. So I picked it up and I received his first offering with a protein bar, sealed in a package, it's not tainted with. And uh, then uh, as he came over here again uh, with the, the gum, probably one, two, three, uh, four people who gave gum out to people. He's already asked me once about the gum. But this time I received it and he said, thank you. He said, thank you for receiving my gum. See, because he understands seed and harvest and sowing. I think that's really interesting. So if someone gives you something, don't tell them no. Just take it and do whatever you're gonna do with it, but receive it because that helps them. You know, I've just, I, I just, I know that sounds, I know that's a challenge to a lot of people on the street, especially street preachers. You know, they're all trained to not receive anything from anybody at any time. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I receive people. And whatever people have, I receive it. Now, I don't receive the evil, but I have to take that too. I have to take the rebuke. I can't, re you know, I mean, there it comes. It's, it went into my ears. I, I couldn't say no. I couldn't turn that guy off who was yelling at me as he's going across the intersection. And uh, so if somebody comes over with a bottle of water or a stick of gum or a protein bar or sandwich or whatever, it doesn't matter, I'm, I receive it. Happily, joyfully receive it. Because it may benefit them someplace else. That me receiving and I'm being good ground, they can receive a harvest.
just something to think about. Ponder it. You know, you don't need to eat it. You don't need to drink it, but you need to receive it and be gracious with receiving. And just set it down or put it aside. Don't reject people. Because once you reject people, you're really rejecting God. Because maybe God brought that, told that person to come over and give you a bottle of water or a stick of gum or a protein bar. Do you know, do you know that God didn't tell them that? You don't know that. So that's why I say be open to everybody. You're, you're, you don't need to be fearful of anybody for anything about any person. You know? If you trust God. If you don't trust God, well then you're probably afraid of everything. You probably have a, a knife on you or a gun on you or something, some kind of weapon on you or you, you've learned how to box or fight or something. I don't know. Maybe you're in the gym all the time weightlifting so you can box. Jesus? Oh my goodness. I'm sorry. I was just trying to be Jesus <laughs> with this. How you doing? I don't mean to interrupt, man. I'm just How saying. you doing, buddy? I'm doing just fine. You good. doing okay? I'm doing good. You kind of startled me there. All right. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to video. interrupt. No, I just, you're doing good. My mom. Later. Is that good or bad? I love it. Do you? Well, when you die, you know, be watching out. All right, man. <laughs> you see, there's people who are all kinds of. But see, on the back it says. Uh, well, he read the back. It says, "Where you spend eternity." Oh, he, my buddy, who was panhandling, went down the street. So these guys, they have alcohol. They have drugs in their body. You know, now, did I receive that? I don't know. Could it be that the hug I just gave him was a hug from the Lord Jesus Christ? Did I plant a seed in him? I don't know. I, he startled me. He walked up behind me. Am I by myself? You know, so that's what happens sometimes when you're by yourself. And I get focused in here. Will I see him again? I've seen him before. See, that's another value of being here all the time, all over the town. You see people all the time. So, next time I see them, I'll be able to say something different. Right? I think last time I saw him was a few weeks ago. He, I don't know about his friend, but uh, uh, we had some kind of interchange the rest of the time. But, you know, whatever, you know, just keep on trucking, man. You could say, well, I would have done this, or I would have done that. You don't know that, you know? I mean, every moment is different. Anyways, uh, <laughs> I could just hear people in their fear of people. Oh, he's full of diseases, he's full of bugs, he's full of this, and he's gonna breathe on you, and you hugged him, and oh, la, 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 la. I mean, man, oh man, Christian, get a life. Huh. Get a life and quit be so scared. I mean, why are you so scared of everything around you? Scared to talk to people, scared to witness, you know? Bless you, man, another mocker. But then I had a guy coming this way. I was walking down the road with my banner. Yeah, I was walking down the street there and uh, slows down. He yells, Jesus saves. I recognize the guy and recognize the car. Don't know him personally, but I recognize the car and him because he rolled his window down. Also, where I'm at in this part of the city, this northwestern part of Boulder is some very wicked spirits in the area. 
very wicked. Very, 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 very strong devils. Right across the street, right here on the corner, is the Unity Church. Unity, out of Missouri. Not Unitarian. Unitarian, Unity are two different kinds of organizations. And uh, they had a Christmas service. They said Christmas parking for the Unity Church in this parking lot over here. And I got to thinking, who are they celebrating during Christmas? Because it's a metaphysical New Age church. You know, they, they worship metaphysics. That's what they teach and study, metaphysics. <laughs> Let's pray again. Lord, I thank you that uh, you've got our back. You have people praying for us. I thank you, Lord, for our ministry is solid and secure on the rock of Christ. And I thank you, Lord, that I don't, I'm not afraid of man because the fear of God overcomes all that. I am more of afraid of you, Lord, than I am of people. I love you, but I'm more afraid of you than people because uh, I want to be holy. I want to be pure. I want to be blameless, without spot, without blemish. I want to be clean and pure in every sense of the word, heart, mind, soul, body, everything about me. And uh, yeah, and I thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. <laughs> All right. Let me so so the Sunday prayer letter came out December 31st to January 6th. Our letter for this uh, week is called the Holy Ghost and with fire. Uh, this whole year we're going to be talking on the theme called fire. That's the 2024 season, and it is called fire. F I R E. We're into that season now. I've been talking about it for months, and here we are. See, I'm prophesying all the way through here. And a lot of people maybe could be wondering, I wonder if that's what he's going to do. I wonder if he really is going to lift a banner called fire. It's sitting right here, right beside me. And I'll lift it and take a couple pictures of it in just a moment. So we're in one set of verses in Luke chapter 3, verse 1 through 21, 22, somewhere around, around there. We're going to do, do those every day, or every day, Sunday through Saturday. That's what I did on Sunday. I'm just going to talk through that. And, uh, and the other thing, too, is our true study classes every morning uh, is preparing us for some things that are going to be going on this year. Pretty excited about that. So let's read chapter uh, 3 in the book of Luke, verse 1. <clears throat> now in the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate being governor of Judea, and Herod being Tetrarch of Galilee, and his brother Philip, Tetrarch of Iteria, and the region of Trachonitis, and Lysanias, the Tetrarch of Abilene, Ananias, An Ananias and Caphias, uh, uh, I keep having trouble, Caphias, uh, I'm trying to remember how to pronounce that. Anyways, these two guys, being the high priest, the word of God came unto John, the son of Zacharias in the wilderness. I'm going to stop real quick. And so Zacharias uh, is one of the priests. And when he was on duty to serve in the church and to do sacrifice, whatever they do, you know, Jewish priests do, um, he was in the temple and the angel of the Lord showed up, Gabriel, and told Zacharias, the priest, that you're going to have a son and his name is going to be called John. 
and Zacharias was filled with doubt, didn't believe a word he said, and the angel knew that, and the angel shut Zacharias' mouth, couldn't say anything. He says, you're, you're going to not be able to speak now because you doubted my word, something like that. And so he stayed in the, te in the temple longer than normal, longer than normal. And people outside were wondering, uh-oh, uh-oh, something's wrong. He's never been in there that long. How long was he in there? He was in there long enough for people to start worrying. It wasn't just two or three minutes extra. It was, must have been some significant length of time. And I'm supposing they were thinking about all the law that if the priest had sin and didn't wash himself and cleanse himself and all that kind of stuff, when he went in to do the ministry to the Lord, uh, he would die. And so that's why they, they tied a cord around his ankle and they would pull the priest out. <laughs> they ought to do that today. <laughs> God ought to do that today. <laughs> He'd be pulling a lot of priests and preachers out. <laughs> well, there's another one that bit the dust. <laughs> you know, uh, that would put the fear of God in everybody. But see, we're not in that era anymore. We're in the era of grace. So now people can sin and it's all, nobody dies. People can sin and nobody's stoned. People are sinning and they don't go to jail unless they do break the law. So now it's just the law they're concerned about the man's laws, not God's laws. They don't care less about God's laws, they just care about man's laws, because God's not gonna do anything, they said. Well, nowadays, they're trying to make the law where there's no police officers, there's no law enforcement, and now people break laws because nobody enforces the law here. So they think God's not gonna enforce the law, man's not gonna enforce their law, I can do whatever I want. And that's the problem we're having all over the world, all over the world. What's that for? It's getting the world ready for the Antichrist. Yeah, that's what it is. So lawlessness, lawlessness is going all over. Spiritual lawlessness and physical lawlessness. Yeah. People don't have fear of the law. That's why Christians can sin and have no fear. They can do whatever they want, no fear. How sad. And because they have no fear, they have no wisdom. Because they have no fear, they have no understanding. They just think everything is just fine. And it's not. It's not. Do you think because you got saved that God said the wages of sin is death? Remember that verse? Wages of sin is death. The payment of sin is death. Oh, that doesn't apply to me anymore. I can sin just fine and I don't get the death because I've got Jesus. I talk about that a lot because I'm all about being holy and pure. The reason that started was just in 2019. I didn't used to preach this way. I preached like everybody else preached. Live however you want to live. God's forgiven you. <laughs> kind of, I mean, say it that way, obviously. But, uh, but when I lifted that banner in 2019, the Lord directed me that I need to stand before the Lord, stand before the Lord God Almighty and intercede for souls, I instantly recognized my immense need to be holy to be pure, without spot, without blemish, blameless before the Lord as I interceded for souls in my city and on my corner. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. If you're not gonna stand before, that's Ezekiel 22:30. I sought for a man among them who would make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me, saith the Lord God, for the land that I wouldn't destroy it. But I found none. <laughs> 
Why did he find none? Because most of the people were full of sin. And sin could be, I love the world more than I love God. Yeah, that's the parable of the money, right? Man, mammon. Either love God or love mammon. Love God, love the world. Can't love both. If you love your schooling, your college education, you love that, you spend all your time worshiping your college, your university, uh, then you, there's something wrong there. You can go to school and you can do good and you can do all that kind of stuff, but you don't have to worship it. You don't have to bow down to it. And then, uh, same with a business or a career or family, all kinds of stuff, you know. So, you know, what do you want to do? You can do what Joshua said. For me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And that's for me and my house. We're going to serve the Lord. You walk into my house, it's obvious that a pretty serious believer lives here. <laughs> no doubt about that. <laughs> pretty serious guy lives in this apartment. A real Jesus freak lives here. <laughs> it's like that one bus driver calls me. Jesus freak. All right? So, Zacharias in the wilderness. So that's who Zacharias is, if you understand that. His wife was Elizabeth. Elizabeth had the baby, John, John. And I don't know why I got to tell the whole story, but it just seemed like it's, I got to tell the story. So uh, uh, when Elizabeth gave birth, everybody asked, what's his name? What are you going to call him? And Zacharias, because he still couldn't speak, summoned uh, something to write write something down and said his name is John. His name is John. Everyone said, ain't nobody in your family named John. Nobody in your family is named John. Why is he going to be named John? People are full of doubt. You know, if, that, if they had been talking for nine months, they would have destroyed, could have destroyed uh, John's ministry. You know, could have, I mean, it could have been a mess. So his name is John. Who named, who named him? God. Did Zacharias name him? No. Did Elizabeth name him? No. Where, did his Where does John's name come from? See, most names come from your parents. But here, John's name came from God. That's something to think about there. Something to think about. That's why people read the Word of God way too fast. They read it like some kind of a novel, mystery novel. You think about that. His name came from God. Didn't come from his past. Didn't come from grandma and grandpa. It didn't come from any cousins or aunts or nothing. I mean, it didn't come from anybody. Not from some best friend. Some, you know, a lot of people are named after movie stars, believe it or not, here in America at least. A lot of boys and girls, what their name is, if you look at the movies that are played, famous movie stars, uh, they take their names. They take their names. Yeah, you can think of a lot of people, you know? <laughs> it just popped my mind. Well, anyways, that's another story, but you know that. But John was from God. God that was God's name. Similar to me, you know? God gave me a new name. God said his name is John. I mean, that burned right into me. That burned all that old stuff out of me. And it just reorganized my brain. My memory cells were affected 
when God burned into my brain by the fire of God, that old name he burned out and put a new name into my life. And that new name is John. That's my name. I think that's pretty interesting. My wife said, no one calls him John. No one's ever called him John. I don't even, his name is John. I mean, she was so full of disbelief, I praise God, that God brought one of the ministers uh, over to the house to talk to my wife after my deliverance. I had a huge, massive deliverance. I was involved in Satan's church. Just, I have, you know, I've lived a pretty rough life. <laughs> a lot of people can't fool me, man. I know too much. That's why people don't, I just, <laughs> I know too much. And so I'm trying to give all this too much away so I don't have nothing when I leave here. All right? So think about Zacharias and Elizabeth. All right? All right, let's go on. And Zacharias in the wilderness. And he came into all the country about Jordan, right? Preaching the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. Right? So we know that. That's how us the baptism of John, right? We were baptized in water for the remission of our sin. That's a symbol of, of uh, us dying in the water in Christ and being resurrected in the water into Christ. Our old man dying and raised in our new man. Jesus said to keep on doing that till I come. Or something like that. So those are the two ordinances. We're to do water baptism and take the Lord's Supper communion, right? Bread and wine, or whatever you want to drink. <clears throat> For the remission of sins, verse 4, as it is written in the book of, of the words, as it is written, I talked about that in the scripture, sure, as it is written, which means it's in a book, that's what it says, right? <clears throat> as it is written in the book, as it is written in the book. So now you have to find, well, what book is it written in? The Bible, the Holy Word of God. So now you have to discern, well, we have a book and it is written. So we know now that we have some kind of direction, some kind of standard to go by, but we also know that Satan knows the same principle of writing things down in a book. When you write things down in a book, people tend to believe it, especially if it has that belief. You look, people who read the Book of Mormon, they believe that piece of garbage. Yeah, I'm gonna say it that way, it's not some holy book. It's written by a devil, written by a devil. But there are millions and millions of people who believe the Book of Mormon, and it's written by a devil, which means a devil is a liar. He's from the father of lies, written by Satan probably himself. And the book is lies, and people believe what is written, and what is written is a lie. But they believe it's true. A lot of books like that, a lot of religious books all over the world. They count them as holy and pure and all kinds of ceremonies around their religious books. Those religious books are books of lies. But because it's written, they tend to believe it. It's written, you know. So you, therefore, what I'm trying to say is, Look at what you're reading. Look at what you're looking at and listening to. Is it the truth or is it a lie? Is it true or is it a lie? 
Sometimes a lie is so well written and the book looks so beautiful that you think, oh, this is so beautiful and the words are so gorgeous and man, it's just really, it's got to be true. I mean, it's too beautiful not to be true. See, see, that's the power of Satan. See, he masquerades, he, it's like an angel of light, but it's false, it's a lie. You know, people are singing songs in churches that are from a devil. Yeah, <laughs> people are in Christian churches, sing songs that are well, dictated to the artist by a devil. And people say, oh, that can't be true, John. <laughs> well, think whatever you want. I, I, I'm just telling you the truth. Jesus told me to preach the truth, and I'm preaching the truth. That's why I'm preaching out of the King James. I'm not preaching out of the English Standard Version. That's full of lies. Why would I preach out of a Bible that's full of lies? Just because it has a leather cover on it and it says Holy Bible, I need to believe it? Sorry. Not anymore. I used to. I used to think all Bibles were the same. Every Holy Bible was exactly the same. I didn't know what, what Satan was doing. I didn't know it. I didn't know. I thought the Book of Mormon was true at one time. Yeah, I wanted to be a Mormon. I had a hard time believing it, but I was trying to get my head around it. I read the whole thing. And what helped me understand is when I read The Pearl of Great Price. That's three books you're supposed to read. So as a Mormon, I wanted to be a Mormon. I didn't know the Mormons were satanic and evil. I didn't know that. How are you supposed to know that? Somebody doesn't tell you, you don't know. That's before I got saved, before I got saved, before I got Jesus. And then even after I got Jesus, probably a, like within the year, six months or so, eight months, because I had a friend of mine, uh, uh, Ken. Ken was a friend of mine in the Navy. He was a Mormon, and he hung out with us. And, uh, you know, the Christians who were praying for me, he was praying for me too. <laughs> he was praying for me too. And he said, read this book. Read the, read the prayer in the front of this book. And uh, when you read that prayer, that the Lord... That when the Lord, uh, when God uh, lets you know that this book is true, you'll have a warm feeling. That warm feeling is God confirming that it's true. Oh, okay. I didn't know. I, this is before. I mean, I was seeking, sort of. Well, not very much, but I was seeking because I was struggling before I got saved, before I invited Christ in my life. And so I prayed that prayer in the Book of Mormon before I got saved. And I remember so clearly what happened next. I'll never forget it because it happened twice. I heard the words, you don't need that. You don't need that. You don't need that. Wow. And I gave it back to Ken here on board Navy ship. And I said, Ken, I prayed that just like you did exactly what you told me to do. And I heard the words inside of me that said, you don't need that. Or you don't need that. Something like that. You don't need that. You don't. You do not, or you do. You don't need that. He said, "Wow, that's the first time I." He was a missionary for two years. He's never heard that before. His missionary, you know, Mormon missionaries, two years. He's never heard anybody say that. Most people get a warm, fuzzy feeling because it's worded that way to cause emotional stirring. But I heard you don't need that. Very clearly, very distinctly. And then probably a couple months later, we were talking. He said, why don't you pray that prayer again? 
And I said, all right. I said, all right. <laughs> so I went somewhere on the ship and prayed that again. And once again, the number two, you don't need that. I said, sorry, Ken. Some, I guess God told me I don't need that. I don't, I don't know what else to say. And he said, all right. That was the last time I prayed that. And uh, then probably a few months later or whatever, six months later, I prayed in my bunk and I said, Jesus, if you're real, here I am. And, and uh, what was interesting, I haven't told this story before, but you know, there was a voice, something happened. I heard, a, I heard God speak to me when I got saved. And during that conversion period, and I, I don't always say this, I haven't said it very often, but the voice, I recognized the voice in the light when I was getting saved because it was the same identical voice pattern, voice tonality, however you look at it, that was uh, when I heard the voice said, you don't need that. It was the same identical voice, identical. So that was number, that was there, there, and then the voice in the light, and then the fourth time I heard that voice was, I want you to preach, I want you to minister, but first I want you to go to school. So I heard the voice of God four times, twice before I got saved, once when I got saved, and once two weeks after getting saved, when God called me in the ministry. All the same identical voice. Now I know the voice of a devil, because before I got saved, I was involved in a Satanist church, home church. And there was probably, 15, 20, 30 of us, 25 or 30, you know, something like that. House full of people. I mean, the living room was packed, the kitchen was packed, and some of the bedrooms were full of people. It was in a house. And we worshiped devils, you know, alcohol, drugs, and devils. Until one night, devils actually showed up. Changed everybody's life. When a devil shows up, your life is changed. Guarantee it. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you don't need to know what I'm talking about. All right. All right, get back into our word here then. As is written the book of the words of Isaiah, the prophet saying, now here he's gonna quote the words that were written in the book. What happens if, if you go to another Bible that changes these words? Is that still the truth? Just, just think about it. These are just ideas for you to mull over and contemplate. I'm not ordering you to do anything, okay? I gotta keep going here, I'm gonna talk too long here. As is written, the book of the words of Isaiah, the prophet saying, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Prepare ye way of the Lord, make his path straight. Okay? I just thought about the guy who said all that foul stuff on the camera here. Don't know if you'll be able to hear it, but uh, it stays on, the fan, stays on the camera, stays on the sermon. And I thought, it, I just thought, I said, man, isn't that interesting? I wonder if that could have happened it's for some church pastor when he's up in the pulpit preaching. I bet that never happened to him. It's happened to me so many times, I've lost count, probably in the hundreds. <laughs> I bet it's never happened one time to a church pastor. That's why church, I wish church pastors would come out to the street but they're too busy running their business. Yeah, they're too busy running their quote business called the church. <laughs> so I'm helping people build their church business <laughs> out here. All right. Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled. 
Every mountain hill shall be brought low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough ways shall be made smooth. Stop right there. So there's a lot of action going on there, and you have to read those words very, very slowly because they're very specific. And they're for specific for a reason. And I'm not going to go into that right now. I just want to highlight the, 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 the thought that John was preparing the way for the Lord to come into people's lives. He was preaching the Word of God and he was baptizing them for the remission of sin. Kind of waking people up to the, or refreshing their memory to sin. And probably talking about sacrifice and the blood sacrifice and all the stuff in the Old Testament. He could have been preaching quite a bit of things all about sin. And people must have been convicted of the teaching because a lot of people got baptized. So he was preparing people's hearts and minds and thoughts, their lifestyle, getting everybody ready to receive the Messiah, the Christ of God, Christ of the Father. Right? Let's end that right here. You see how that guy is? Isn't that great? He just loves doing that. Because people here in Boulder and around the world hate God. They hate God. Why? Isn't it funny that God is the only God who loves them? Every other God hates them. I've been, the Lord's been talking to me a lot about love. Every single person on planet Earth, every creature on the planet has a form of love. Has a form of love. Has a form of love. See, they think that's really funny. As a form of love. Laying on the horn, full blast. Right there, right behind the camera. Ha, 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 ha. Do I care? I don't care. They can do whatever they want. Because I'll be back out here tomorrow, and the next day, and the next day, and the next year, and the next year, and the next year, and the next year, until I'm taken out. The Lord brings me home. Anyways, a lot of talk there. I don't know if anything made sense. Uh, I'm just happy to be out here, and uh, let's let's pray. So, Lord, I thank you that I'm happy to be out here. I really am. I love my job. It's kind of hard walking up here. Kind of hard getting out of out of the house this morning because I've been up since early, 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 early this morning, and. Uh, Sometimes that class drains me, drains my energy, because I gotta really lean into it to get it done, and I'm tired after the class. And uh, uh, but I'm here a little late, probably about 45 minutes late. I uh, wanted to be here at 11, but I didn't make it. But uh, I'll be here till three. So I thank you, Lord, that you're ministering to me as I minister to you. I love you, Jesus, and we thank you for touching the people in your name, Jesus. We pray. Amen. And amen. All right, man. Uh, have a great day. I'm going to uh, put this down and put my banner up and lift this new banner. I love you, man. Take care.